Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and coming at you live on Facebook very, very shortly. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Mike Dolce, uh, writer, creator, podcaster, all that fun stuff. And uh, as always, I am joined bonk, by bonk. my co-host... Who is uh, awesome, Mr. Hassan Godwin. Oh, I'm just awesome. You're all those other things, and I'm just awesome. Uh, That's you, great. Why? You gotta give your own. You gotta give your own bio. <laughs> I am <clears throat> the self-appointed uh, bystander of complete innocence. What does that even mean? I. Read it somewhere one time. <laughs> oh, that's a good. Okay. I am the I director of the, the Center for Unsolicited Information. You're the what now? <laughs> I am the director for the Center of Unsolicited Information. Well, okay. <laughs> Meaning, uh, I'm just going to give you my opinion whenever I feel like it, whether you ask for it or not. Uh, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Because that's, you know, yeah, it I started makes that. sense. I stopped, I'm the one who started that. It kind of makes sense. Yeah. All right. Especially not getting asked because, uh, you know, no one's really going to ask me for my opinion. So I figured out a loophole. We've got, got a great show tonight. We're, we? we're going to talk Westworld Season 2. We're going to talk Luke Cage Season 2. Uh, we've got a really cool spinning the racks that... Uh, well, I've... we're doing Luke Cage 1 to 3, right? <clears throat> yeah, because well, was... it's spoiler-free. We don't want to do oh, too really? much with... Well, because... No, all right. That's why we're only going to do 1 to 3, Episodes 1 to 3. We want to give people a shot to, um, you know... Kind of do yeah, all that get stuff a and, to watch it and actually see it, and you know all that fun stuff. You know that would gotcha. be the, that would be the that would be the way to go. Is the Understood. way I'm looking at it. Understood. It's the way I'm looking at it. So, um, but yeah, so this is what we're gonna do, and it's gonna be great, and everything's gonna be awesome because everything is awesome, and uh, <laughs> everything is awesome. I'm gonna get Hassan going there. No, no, I'm gonna move it right there. All right, so here's the thing: Westworld season two ended. We're gonna start with Westworld um, because there's just so much to talk about with Westworld. <laughs> Is there a lot to talk about? Westworld? Yes, there is. Just there's a... plenty to say about Westworld. I don't know if there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> there's a lot to say, but first we're going to go and talk about our very good sponsors, which is the Brooklyn Seltzer Boys. All right, Brooklyn Seltzer Boys, we love you guys. You've been our sponsor for all month long, and uh, delivers old-fashioned seltzer filled with the last remaining seltzer shop in New York City, Gomberg Seltzer Works Incorporated. We deliver seltzer in old-fashioned siphon bottles directly to your home or business. Good seltzer should hurt. 718-649-0800 or go to brooklynseltzerboys.com. Seltzer should hurt. I love that, is, that is a bold, <laughs> that is a bold It's a bold slogan. and accurate, and yes. accurate statement. Yeah. It is Because if bold. it doesn't hurt, what's the point? Like, it doesn't burn going down. <laughs> what are you what are you doing it for? Real I'm not kidding. I'm 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 No, I don't I don't strictly serious right I here. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. If it doesn't hurt your throat track, then you're not drinking good seltzer. Yes, I, I don't disagree <laughs> with that either. I think you're I think uh we're we're pretty much we're covering all the bases here. So okay. Um before we even like kind of knock this off about like whether we give our opinions or not about these particular shows, um I, I I really got to say something about this this seeming trend of and people might see where I'm going with this stretching a really thin plot line out for yeah, ten hours yeah <laughs> and this is what I was saying before about like let's say that the the Force Awakens or the Last Jedi or that kind of that method of uh, the the modern day method of of intrigue uh, fiction yeah. We're, We're talking Westworld Season 2, by the way. Go ahead. Yes, but I'm, 
I'm just saying no, I know. It's, in the, it's in the same trend. Intrigue <clears throat> fiction. Well, I was keeping it vague as to whether I was referring to Westworld or not until oh, okay. we, oh, okay. we actually got Sorry, into I, it. Sorry, I just blew your spot yeah, up. You did. You did. Yeah, you, I did. you messed it up. But I, it's okay. Um, so well, now we're on the same page. But um, uh, you got this. You got people. People's attitudes is like, we'll just take things out. We'll have this really simple plot and we'll just take key elements out. And that'll make people go crazy trying to figure out what these key elements are about. Right. And uh, it'll work. But they missed the point. The, the, the stuff you do give us yeah. has to be intriguing. It has to be interesting. Right. It has to be coherent enough that we could follow. That one is the one I'm going to really focus on yeah, when it comes it, down it to It has this. to be coherent enough to the point where we could follow what we're seeing so that we know what we're not getting. Right. If you're just making it a jumble and then taking key elements out and then right. trying to be Pulp Fiction clever by wrapping it all up. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. But I'll let you. Let's, no, let's no, roll I th- out. No, no, I think, I think you've uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head and this with, is what I was with saying. our feelings this on is, Westworld Season 2. I couldn't convince anybody about this because The Force Awakens came out and The Force Awakens was a big hit and it made $2 billion and everybody was like really excited because, okay, Star Wars is back. We got our fiction back. We got our mythology back. Everything is great. And I'm sitting here saying the way they built that, the, the way they, they, they put the through line on that, the foundation of that, sure. there's no foundation because you set it up with absolutely no... Um, no basis of yeah. information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just basically just you just vagued your way through it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 the next guy that comes along is going to be his responsibility to flesh these things out. Yeah. Now, e- at that now, time, even I was going under the working under the 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 the, the impression right. that they had at least put a, put together a a, a a you know an outline. Sure. But what? But what I was I trying. To, I see where you're going with yeah, this. Yeah, what I was trying to impress upon people is that you can't tell stories that way. You yeah. can't just not. You can't just omit things and think that you are telling a compelling story. Right. Westworld season two is kind of the epitome of that. Yeah. Not only that, in my opinion, I'm just going to go right into. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. My other, my other problem with it. We've only got an hour, and we've yeah. learned that an hour goes by yes, very it fast. Does. My other problem with it is that it. Why did it take two years <laughs> to tell that story? It took them I two agree. years. I agree. I agree. So why did I have to wait a year for them? I, I figured the way the first one ended. Did it not come off as, as a Lost-esque well, yeah. kind of season where they some, you, where you just didn't, you know, they... they some guy on a YouTube th- made a comment. There was a YouTube comment. This, yeah. is, this is as intelligent as a YouTube comment. So <laughs> just everybody be prepared. But so, some guy said, uh, Westworld went full Lost. You never go full Lost. Yeah. <laughs> for the end. But that, and that's it's the whole fantastic. thing, like like the whole season. So here's here's my thing. Go this ahead. is a tale of Let's two uh, of I, two. Sp- I, I sadly suspect that we're both going to agree about this, which is going to make it's for terrible, bad radio. Terrible, yeah, but I, I, I'm going to say Westworld season two is a tale of two um, reactions. Okay. Okay. Some of the best single episode, just riveting. Um, you know, when you have Maeve and her band of, of merry men and women, you know, traipsing through Shogun World. Right. Was just so compelling. And it was like, wow, well, she was, can do stuff. This is amazing. Like, this is really cool. It's compelling because of the visuals, I think. The visuals. Because the, the production value of that show is off the charts. The visuals are great. But they, I mean, the tension was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who's coming out of this? Who's not coming out of this? Mm-hmm. Having the writer kind of join the crew was, was kind of cool a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Until his, spoilers, until the season finale, which I thought was the dumbest way the dumbest that thing I've ever I'm seen. I'm going to get to that because that's, uh, that's, there's, that is such an important uh, part of what's wrong uh, with the 
But go ahead. Go but, ahead. um, you know, all that stuff, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have this, like, overarching story, which is not even near close to compelling to what season one was. No. And I know you don't like to compare one and two. I know you don't like to compare these things. But they use the same tools. So I am comparing it, right? They, well, they, they attempted to do stranger, the same thing. Stranger Things, we, were, we, we had the issue that you, we were comparing the pacing of it. Right? Yeah. Mostly. And I said it wasn't really fair to compare it because it's like one through line story. But but um Westworld kinda sets itself up to be to be a through line story, but they they kind of half settled the riddles of the first season. Sure. And then they were they were supposed to be hitting us, giving us new intrigues for this season. Sure. And the new intrigues was just what's going on. You know, right. that was the only mystery they gave us is what because you figure out what they're after kind of halfway through or maybe three episodes in. Yeah. What the secret the secret MacGuffin is, is this, uh, you know, this this, <clears throat> you know, the Pentium chip that yeah, 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 yeah. that has the, you know, the secret of the, you know, the, the neural patterns of everybody who's ever been to the park. Right. right, you know, right. Whatever, whatever. Great. Right. Which was, you know, you feel like just stop right there. Didn't that feel like a kind of like a forced plot? It was the whole thing. Like it forced. never existed in, in season one. It was never really yeah. alluded to in season one. The worst thing. The worst thing ever. The worst thing ever. And this is yeah. what, the, the thing I was saying about the Maves. Like you, you go through this situation with Maeve and with uh, with uh, Dolores and all these characters, and you kind of deal with the slow pacing of it because the episodes are really good, well written. Right. The, the production value is is fantastic. But you also you give it goodwill. Because you think it's going somewhere. <laughs> the problem with the problem with doing stories like this is it only works when you're watching it for the first time. Because right. when when you buy the DVD or when you see it later, you're like, yeah, but I know this is going nowhere. Or the 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 conclusion is coming from unreliable narrators, which means next season or season after next, they could just turn it, uh, you know, they upend it and decide none of that was real. And and that's my issue with this kind of stuff. It's not. It's not real storytelling. Yeah, yeah. It isn't really storytelling, and well, that's that's it's it's. Um, so this is what this is what the producers actually said about the storytelling, okay. which I think uh, it's a good uh, a good segue into into what oh, the, you, this, this is the this is them on them. This is them on them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, this will this will be deep. This will be insightful. Uh, yeah. Let me just find it real quick here. Um, hey, you just put that, get that stuff together, man. Get your, get your act I'm together. not sure I tracked which timeline you were showing in every scene this season, which has had some viewers saying the show got too confusing. In retrospect, do you think that's valid or are viewers not paying enough attention? It's all perfectly valid. If it didn't track for some people, it didn't track. But look, the first movie I worked on, Memento, was told backwards, right? I've always had a great faith in the capacity of an audience oh to not only be able to track complicated, nonlinear storytelling, but often to embrace it and enjoy it. Those are the people we're making this show for. That said, the structure of the first season had a nonlinear structure, but it's not apparent until the last episode. The second season structure is a, very, is a fairly familiar one. It's a flash-forward, flashback structure. Not that different than classic film noir like DOA or Double Indem- Bull. Indemnity. Bull, here's the problem. You got the, the, the one through-line character you have is uh, Arnold, right? Yeah. You got uh, Jeffrey Bernard, Wright. Yeah, Bernard. And you don't know. Yeah, it was Bernard Arnold. Right. right. Okay, but you don't know. Well, Arnold Bernard, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't know which one is which because he's wearing the same clothes and he's acting the same kind of dopey right, right. through each and every incarnation. Right. So, like, all you have is, like, the people he's, he's with right. to tell you we're in a different time. And then halfway through, he, he ditches the people he's with. Right. 
So it's like there's 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 there are whole episodes where he's wandering the desert alone and right. you don't know which timeline he is. Yeah. And, and and the other part of it is you don't care because they don't it's not intriguing it's not well it's not that it's not intriguing it's that it's outrightly confusing it's out so it's, it's, it's frustrating purpose, it's purposely confusing right so it's frustrating so you're kind of like but they you're like oh do i really have to work hard there on this are no one? tidbits there are no tantalizing tidbits yes. of like yes. wow okay even if i don't know what's happening this is still and and that's what you were saying some of the episodes are really good those are the episodes where something actually happened yeah Instead of you trying to, and then this look, this last episode was the return of the king of television shows because it had eight different endings. Yeah. Because they, every time they had to have a character come in and give some kind of exposition as to what you just saw, right. or what just happened, or how did this happen. Mm-hmm. And and here's here's the problem with it. This is the this is the same <laughs> problem with uh, Avatar and and some of these other things. It's beautifully done, but it's a bone simple stupid story. It's not stupid because it's not a good story. It's 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 stupid because it's trying to convince you that a simple story right. is really deep and intriguing. Right. And um, artificial intelligence that that find their let own sentience. Let me stop you real quick with that saying, right? Like is there an elitism to this and I don't I don't actually mean to get like political it's, radio talk with this. It's not elite to like, like, even even their own reaction to the storytelling was like, well, we we have faith in our audience that they're going to be able to pick it up. And it's like, I don't want to pick it up. I'm a smart dude. I work a lot. I just want to come home and enjoy something. You strung me along in a great way in issue, in, in issue one. In season one, you're just basically trying to say, okay, well, we have this story convention. We've got to use the story convention. And if we don't use the story convention... Why do you have to? Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying, that was their feeling. It's like, well, we set this up, so we got to be remain consistent. All right. When we come back, we're going to dive into the spoiler-filled aspect of the finale, the 10 burning questions still hmm. left over from Westworld 2, aside from what the heck happened and mm-hmm. why are we watching this. I had a ticket bought for me by, oh, an, okay, okay. by an enthusiastic friend. No. Did you know that that friend now asked me to go? So does that mean I don't have a ticket anymore? This is correct. This is correct. I actually passed it on to Sam. So now Sam so is Sam's going, going with your friend. With my friend. To the show. Well, now I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> and none of it's good. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc, and streaming live on facebook.com slash secrets of the sire. want to remind folks, uh, the mainstream, that's the book that I'm working on right now, uh, from Zenoscope, issue three is in stores today. Go check it out. We just got a B-plus from a reviewer who hated the first two issues, so that's, that's improvement nice. right there. Um, <laughs> he's the only reviewer who didn't like us. So far, we've, uh, we've scored a nine out of ten. Yeah, but you turned him around. So <clears throat> that's right. There you go. That's right. Winning. That's right. Hashtag he didn't like win. our non-linear storytelling in the first oh, two issues. Didn't? That he was didn't? the problem. Oh. Um, Did you leave a lot of stuff out? You just ripped some pages out and just said, <laughs> "Look, whoever reads this is going to be confused." I'm going to tell you right now. I worked on the. Uh, I've been, I, you know, just to deviate for a split second. I'm working on issue four, mm-hmm. and I, I called up my co-writer Talent Caldwell, and I was like, "I was like, we got to write issue five right now, because if we do not, we're going to mess this thing up so bad because of the <laughs> because of, storytelling vehicle that we." The storytelling vehicle we tried to use mm-hmm. in this particular case, 
um, is hingent on it making absolute coherent sense every step of the way. Like there can't be a missed missed line of dialogue or, or a missed yeah. caption yeah. because then it's going to be like, oh, this is going to just look really <laughs> bad in issue five. So. <laughs> Uh, we've got a lot of comic book talk coming up in two weeks because San Diego Comic Con yes. is coming up. I will be there, so I'm going to be streaming oh, nice. live from there a couple times, nice. just kind of having fun out there. Invited. You got to submit to get a professional badge. That's free. Oh, it should be company dime. That's man. free. Be an organization. No, 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 no. no. The Which... professional badge is free. Uh huh. Everything else that costs money. <laughs> that was. I'm just saying. San Diego's you know, not an easy a, trip. We man. got a, you know, we got a company here. We got, <laughs> we got a company that makes like, less money. Let's we put actually together some petty we cash. We lose and get money. God I, the we've been through this. We lose money every time. Yeah. All right, <laughs> we're talking Westworld season two. Um, you know, we definitely talked about. <laughs> I mean, look. At the end of the day, I'll still kind of tune in for season three, but I'm not going to be as look. Engaged. I, I'll keep on. Look, it's not a deal breaker. I just think the season was a disaster. It's not like the 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 circumstances that I'm not invested enough in it to either keep keep it or quit. And and this you know? is and this is spoiler filled, right? For yeah. a second. Yeah. The way they ended it too is the same way they kinda ended in the first season. That could be the end of the show. I don't need to know anymore. Like you know it's funny, not like, not that's even the, worse. Not, you don't need to know anymore, but it's like <clears throat> it's like look, it's it's um I'll I'll compare it to the the girl with the dragon tattoo, right? Yeah. Fantastic. Even I'm not I'm just talking about the book now. I'm not even talking about the <laughs> 80 movies that they've made that try to adapt it. Um I've never read anything so so compelling as the lead-in to um as a, the lead-in to that to that mystery of like them setting that mystery up and explaining like what the stakes are of the mystery or what, you know, what the, what the goal is. So I'm like, wow, this is going to be fantastic. And without spoiling that book for anybody, when you get to the end and you find out what the mystery is, you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> okay, so. And you know, that's so even funny. Westworld, that didn't happen in season one. When you got to the, you, you knew kind of where it was going, yeah, but how they got there here's, was here's, pretty cool. Here's the problem. Season one, that, that story, if you are into science fiction, was so obvious. It's like, okay, these guys are going to... Well, no, and also if you saw the movie in the 70s, That's what, well, too. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm just saying, it, there's no, the, there was nothing in season one that wasn't a cliche, a science fiction mm-hmm. cliche. But it was just really well done. Mm-hmm. So it's very pretty to look at. and it was It's, in it's the not the why, and, it's the how. Yeah. It's how they got there. Um, but the, the next season, they're starting to drink their own Kool-Aid yeah, with I how know, clever yeah, the first know, season know, was. Know, so instead of... This time, they didn't even dress up their <clears throat> rudimentary plot line. They just tried to confuse you <laughs> yeah. as, a, as, a, you know, as, a, as, a, as a lark for you to think that you are really watching some heady intellectual stuff. And you're not. Yeah. You're really not. Yeah. Once you find out, it's like, okay, um, these certain people are trying to get out of the of of the park, right? <coughs> yeah. uh, the the hosts are trying to get out of the park, and you find out that it's it's actually existential leaving instead right. of physical leaving, right. right? So that was the only mystery that they really, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, that they really revealed. It's but like, you know, the, you know what the problem with that too, though, is they. I mean, I, I know you're not a huge Joss Whedon fan, but something that I loved about Buffy in the first five seasons when Joss Whedon was at the helm, he set up his next seasons during the season that you're watching. He set up certain plot lines. Sometimes. Whether or not they executed well or not, I'm not that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, Marvel Comics are great at that. David Michelini, when he wrote Amazing Spider-Man, this is going back 20 years ago, was amazing at setting up, okay, here's what you're going to be reading six months from now. Season one had nothing 
nothing. All season one was was the robots are going to become sentient. They're going to take over. They're going to get their own free will. That's it. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden you get in this, in this thing and they're like, oh, and by the way, there's this bigger thing where they're collecting, spoilers, they're collecting people's data and the people in the park and that was always the game. And it's like, no, it wasn't always the game. If it was always the game, you would have set something up in the first season for this. But yeah. you didn't. No. You told a beginning, middle, and end yeah. brilliantly. And they dropped, and now they, it's kinda, like, they dropped a, a significant storyline which was uh, William was looking for this this game within the game, right? Yeah. Now, it, it is addressed in here, and, and that is one of the burning questions uh, that kind of go unanswered. Why is the door meant for the man in black? Uh, in one of the early episodes of Westworld Season 2, Ford, via his creepy Ford boy host, tells the man in black, this game is meant for you, but now that we know where this game leads to the door and a virtual paradise for the host's consciousness, what did Ford mean? Doesn't mean like, doesn't seem like the man in black would have been able to walk through the door, which was meant for the hosts, unless he's a host himself. Yeah, but they kind of established that he was a host. Either either they established <laughs> that he was a host or that he died there and, and that they made, they were remaking him. And that leads to one of the biggest burning question, which is when... Uh, Who cares? When... <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. What Ooh, happened? Actually. What happened to the man in black? Is, is anyone else wondering why the man in black didn't intercept Bernard when he left the forge after shooting Dolores? Because he wasn't really there. The way the sequence is shot, we were obviously supposed to expect the pair to come face to face, but it never happened. It appears that another timeline is at play here, mm-hmm. as revealed by the post credit scene. More on that later. Mm-hmm. So did the version of the man in black who Dolores and Bernard left outside the forge with a missing hand just lie there until he was rescued by Delos? It doesn't seem much like the man in black. The man we know wouldn't let a missing hand stop him from following Dolores and Bernard down the forge. And anyway, how did the rescue team find him? Did they just happen to be traveling by and spot him? And if so, why didn't they run into Bernard? They would have had to have picked him up, picked up the man in black at the very specific time to avoid both Dolores and Bernard going down the forge and Bernard coming back up a few minutes later. Hmm. Sounds a little too inconvenient. This is, this is, uh, um, The Last Jedi all over again. No, I'm the, uh, no, it is, because I'm the right. only one in the background screaming, this story doesn't make any sense, and I saw that in the okay. first season. All right, I, okay, I, was, I immediately took your comment to be that it's a very divisive thing, but I'm like, well, Westworld isn't Star Wars, so there's not, you know. No. You know, you know there's, two, there's two parts of Last Jedi, right? There's, there's two angles to Last Jedi. Everything goes back to Last Jedi, doesn't it? Yep. Um, so as far as I'm concerned. There's two reasons. I'm going to keep making it go back to Last Jedi. There's two reasons Last Jedi fails on a, on, a, on, a, on a wholesale level, and it's nothing to do with diversity. It has... Everything to do with, with the director uh, spitting in the face of his fans. Yes. That's the one angle. But and, then, it, and, then, and, and not being able to write. And then the other <laughs> angle was that it just was a really bad movie. It wasn't a good movie. You know, yeah. like, I mean, things that just didn't make sense. You're like, wait a minute, why didn't they get sucked out of the vacuum when, when Leia came in? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not, yeah. I have nothing to say about The Last Jedi. I've said it all, except for, you know, we all know that they use ion engines. So I don't know what the fuel was about. But anyway, that's okay. <laughs> um... <laughs> But because uh, I wanted to make a chase, because everybody Could you loved picture him in the in the in the, in the pitch no, room, in no, the pitch room. No, I got this, Kathleen Kennedy. I got this. Yeah, I don't know what the deal. They're is. running out of fuel. Kathleen Kennedy. Here's here's a really quick. Everyone aside, got a in. Quick aside to Kathleen She's Kennedy. Like Kathleen Kennedy is is used to dealing with George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, where she doesn't have have to worry about or have any story input. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I will find you the money. You guys are going to make it. It's going to be a hit. Yeah. So this guy comes along. He spreads a, a mile of, of of thinly layered confidence yeah. about, you know, I can do it. I got an idea. This, 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 good. And the fans are going to love it. She's like, fine. You're not going to, you're not subverting me. You're not, you're not contradicting me. Uh, you know, we'll work with it. Yeah. That's, that's what that was all about. That's why she allowed that to happen. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The, the problem, the point I'm trying to make is that 
Um, Force Awakens came out and it was a brilliant movie. We loved it. So I was like, when I said there's a problem with this and this is not going to have a good a follow through, everyone was like, no, it's going to be fine. It's going to be perfect. Um, the, the, the first season of Westworld had a major flaw to it in the story. And I'm like, Which was? William supposedly, after Arnold got killed. Yeah. Um, he, he set the, he set the, the, the host to kill him because yeah. he realized what the park was going to be used for. Yeah. And he supposedly did this before the park went online. Yeah. So that he could stop the park from going online. Right. William comes to the park when he's young. Yeah. And he loves the, the, the experience so much that sure. he decides to invest in the park. Right. How did William come to the park if the park wasn't online? Mm. Because Arnold killed himself. I, I saw that as they just kind of moved on without him. It, it almost. They couldn't have. They didn't have the funding for it. Mm. He's the one who saved it from it was, so it was going to close and William came along and saved it because of his experience. Yeah. If you look at the experience that he said, William is completely green. Yeah. When he gets there, yeah. he doesn't have the, the, the control over yeah. the company. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, he yeah, yeah. No, of course he, not. Right, he, right, right. He gains all of that from right. his experience. It's Ben Barnes and, and him, you know. And also thing, his, yeah. his, his brother-in-law or whatever is telling him that he's been to the park hundreds of times and it's yeah. great. It's gonna un, it's gonna awaken so many parts of yourself. Then, well, they they do, and I'm not I'm, and I'm not going to sit here and debate whether you're right or wrong. But I know that they do sort of get into the background of how the park ended up getting funded by the Dallas company, having Dallas in there. Um, but again, I just, that's a lot of work. I got I got to really like. What do I got to do? I guess it's like a term paper. Do I got to study this and figure well, out? Well, this, this is, is what I'm saying. That's a glaring mistake. That's right in the open. Yeah, like I noticed that right away. It's like, wait a minute, this doesn't, this doesn't make any sense how is he at the park if he saved yeah. the park if they make a big point that he saved the park yeah that he stopped arnold's plan from right. from being fulfilled right. doesn't it makes no sense and so now we go we're taking that same logic yeah into season two and none of these threads are, are, are fitting together let's talk quickly about this post-credit scene too because i think uh. that's something that's uh, that, that everyone wants to talk the post-credit scene oh my goodness as i said earlier we we're it's supposed to think a, the oh man in black is on his way down the forge when bernard is on his way up this is all from Screen Crush, by the way. But the post-credit scene reveals that part of the Man in Black story we've been seeing this season is set in a different timeline. Uh, Maeve killed the Man in Black as he arrives at the fort. Right, right. As he arrives at the forge long after the events of Dolores's revolution, you could tell because of how rundown it looks. Mm -hmm. Plus, his daughter is there, which is weird because he killed her. Nope. Then he gets taken into the same room as James Dellis hosts lived in mm -hmm. when Dellis was trying to figure out. How to implant a human consciousness in a host body, and boom, this version of the man in black is a host, and he's been reliving his loop again and again, mm -hmm. always ending up in the same place, and when we come back, we'll give you an explanation as to what that is. Before we jump into Luke Cage, season two, and the top ten Marvel Netflix moments. It's like when you name your kid Jeeves, and he becomes a butler, you know? It's like you just know... Yeah, you screwed your kid. You, you've, you've, set your course, you've set a course. You've set a course for that kid. Yes, yes. Um, he's but, just living up to his lowered expectations. <laughs> well, don't insult butlers. They're Boy, already after me for other reasons that I don't want true. to go into this right now. True. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll devote a special show to that. <laughs> Secrets of the Sire.
Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc. I'm doing this uh, microphone style. Yeah, I'm what's, doing this like lead singer style now. What's going on? Which is good. Um, there's, always, there's always a little, there's always something, little right? technical difficulties yeah. that always rear their ugly heads. But hey, we're here, and we're live, and that's a good thing, right? Yeah, let's that, get used to it. That's all we need to know. Uh, I am your host, Michael Dolce, joined by Hassan Godwin. All right, we're going to get into Luke Cage, and we're going to get into some top Marvel moments, uh, Marvel Netflix moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, we want to get into the post-credit scene, mm-hmm. which was very, very well talked about. We're talking Westworld Season 2, Season 2 finale. A lot finale. of people thought it was brilliant, right? It was like, oh my god, this is so moving. Um, this is so intriguing. I, I will say this, that I, the Man in Black, to me, is the most, most fascinating character in the whole show, to be honest with you. Maeve is a close second to me. The Man in Black didn't have any purpose this season, though. No, I know, I know, I know. Which is... They, invented, is a another, pur- they invented a purpose for him. Yeah, which is like, a, no one... And then he comes to this, like, like, philosophy of nobody tells me, you know, nobody controls my destiny, nobody, you know, nobody... It's like, well, wait a minute, if you're in charge of the company, who's telling you to do what? You know? Yeah, no, I, it, I know, it's, I know. It's it's, it's pure know. nonsense. I know. No, um, there's there's a lot. There's plus the fact that he didn't know who Arnold was originally. That see that to me was the glaring. He didn't know who Arnold was. That's the glaring error to me. They go into the the system. <clears throat> they meet the the architect, right? Mm-hmm. The the matrix, the, the Colonel Sanders guy from the Matrix, right? Yeah, yeah. Who's, who looks like uh, Delos's son, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And he tells them that okay, what, it's the same plot from the Matrix. It's like, yeah, you know what? Everything is we we were we were being too complicated before. Yeah, we had to simplify the code in order right. to to properly copy humanity, uh, the, the human consciousness, because the human consciousness doesn't change and it's based on self destruction and misery. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was the the through line. Right. That's an unreliable through line. That's the that's the bottom line. But. Two scenes before that, or maybe the scene does happen simultaneous. The writer, uh, the, the 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 host writer, the designer, sacrifices himself for the rest of them, which is certainly a change of personality, sure. it's a change sure. of form. So, if you're saying that humans don't change, and they're kind of unre- unremarkable, yeah, and they're non-noble, yeah. you know, you know, and then you then you show that this guy sacrifices himself, right. you just contradicted yourself. <laughs> now, maybe yeah. you did it on purpose because that's how deep everything is, but it, it's still, a, it's still yeah. a twisted message that you're given. Well, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure the man in black got killed by Maeve with that, when, the, when the second, in my right, opinion, right. that episode where season two shit the bed. Um, Ding. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> because they're both, Maeve is, Maeve is on this uh, journey to find her daughter, and Man in Black is in this journey to do whatever the heck he's doing, and they kind of run into each other prematurely yeah, yeah, yeah. in the middle of yeah, the yeah. season, uh-huh. and they shoot each other up, and then they're, they're both their storylines kind of stop. So on a dime. This is this is what um, it kills the momentum of the second season almost totally. Screen Crush has explained. He says, oh, um, and I think he actually gets it from one of the producers, Joy, because that's what they. they I think she's one of the, Lisa Joy is one of the producers. Yep, so yep. in the one timeline, the base timeline that we're seeing when the park is under siege, and Dolores plots her way out, and Maeve helps all the other Sublime hosts. What happened was the man in black really did kill his daughter. He made a choice, and the choice was wrong. At the end, in that coda, the post-credit scene, when you realize what you realize is he's been forced to live that entire, basically the season we've just seen. He's been living it again and again and again. He always makes the same damn choice. He always kills his daughter. At the end, 
when you see uh, Katya Ebers, which is Emily, uh, again, we're in the far future where now she's not his daughter anymore. She's a recreation of his daughter who's come to examine him. So the post credit scene is set way, way into the future where the man in black is now a host version of himself trying to break free of his right. life. Right. He got killed by Maeve, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think in, in I the think re, in the yeah. reality of the situation when they both met each other because that's and that way, but was that before or after he kills his daughter though? That's before. See, because so then he was shot up. According to this though, then that's not when he died. Okay, maybe so. That's he, maybe so he did so. not then, die. Then so this, this is according to the executive producer. Then the whole thing is nonsense. Yeah. The, the, the writers ran into a problem. They said we need to, we we need something to happen for the third act of this second season. So yeah. we're just going to we're just going to throw a cold bucket of water on the momentum that we've built up with these two characters going yeah, full, know, charging I know, forward. I know, I know. And then the Dolores storyline was absolutely mundane. It was the yeah. most boring, no. rudimentary thing. Teddy I've ever was seen. actually Teddy was one of the most fascinating characters in this in this season. And and that being said is that he actually, you know, he was always like the voice of reason. He was always the conscience, you know, letting letting the other hosts go yeah. and this and that. And then she's like, "Well, we can't have that. You're you're gonna you're gonna fail me. So I'm gonna now take away your free will." And then he ends up still exercising his own free will and saying, "I don't like what I become." I thought that's an that's a, that was an amazing character arc throughout the whole season. So yeah, I guess I there's there's always a there's always a diamond in the rough somewhere. <laughs> all right, we want to hear what you guys think. Uh, you can always call in eight seven seven four eight zero four four one two zero. We still got the same number, even though we're in a new location. That's great. I like that. Um, we're gonna God. jump. Sh- we're gonna we're gonna God transition a little bit. Uh, we're going to go over to Marvel. We're going to go to Luke Cage. I think people Everything really want to... Luke j- Cage was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> this, is where I, this is where I actually show... Yes, you're black. Okay. We're going back. We oh, go back to Luke see? Cage. We I go back to Luke Cage. Nobody said that on, on the air. I just did. I just did. <laughs> That's racist. Well, look, we're not popular... So no one's going to come after us. Yeah. See, if we were popular... That's what you think. They would You're come trying to make us popular by having people come after us. <laughs> Do I, I'll issue an apology for no, my insensitive Luke remark. Luke Cage is, is, is taking on... It's actually great, though. It's great. No, it's taking <laughs> on the same track as, as Westworld, where it's getting bogged down in the first... The first three episodes are really bogged down. I agree. With, with kind of... So just for all our audience, uh, because it's a binge, it's 13 episodes, which we're going to get into. I got to get into that. The whole, the whole binging philosophy. Yes. Yeah, I got to get into the whole binge philosophy. Although Defenders was only eight and that wasn't as, as compelling. Thank God either. it was only eight. Um, but <laughs> we didn't want to spoil the whole thing because it came out on Friday. So it's only Wednesday. I have literally no time. Uh, to 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 watch. So you, you only know. fish through the first three. I mean, I watched the first three, but I'm just saying that, like, I to to to, to come out here yeah, and really. spoil the, all 13 episodes. I think is not doing our viewers. It's mean. Yeah, exactly. It's right. Mean. It's, it's kind of like all right. So we're looking at the first three episodes uh, specifically. I think the first episode, um, which sees Luke Cage in a totally different way from last season. You know, he's kind of embracing mm-hmm. his. Uh, his popularity, his heroism, his heroism yeah. from season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see some of the characters return. Mm-hmm. Um, thirteen episodes again. That's the first thing I thought when I looked at this thing. It's like, oh yeah, my god, already, thirteen the first three episodes, episodes. already has has like six, three or four like twists and turns where you don't know exactly what am I focusing on, you know? Other than other than Luke Cage kind of you know getting a swelled head about all this hero stuff, you know? And I'll, I don't, I never understand. Uh, the purpose, uh, you know, personally, and as a personal aside, I yeah. never understand the girl who's in love with the hero 
who keeps trying to convince the hero not to be a hero. I never understand that storyline. <laughs> it's like, well, he's a hero, you know. Yeah, like, that's his kind of that's his calling. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk, but to you him know about, what? That's kind of like uh, they do that. That's think, a real life yeah, thing. Exactly. But I, don't, I, was I just say, don't. It's not exactly. I just don't uh, get the storyline. Like, yeah, I'm, replace like yeah. financial advisor with hero. <laughs> Repl- no, you know, replace swap band, in, like, band member band with member hero. with hero. Yeah. Replace, I met like, him at a show, and then I spent the, the yeah, next six yeah, months yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. convince him to give up. That's a much better analogy than financial advisor. I just I'll, figured somebody who traveled a lot, but you're I'm just right. saying it's 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 like okay, look, I can understand you trying to convince him to be still a my better financial hero. advisor. It's terrible. I can analogy. understand you trying to convince him to be a better hero, I or applaud you for not for not jumping on that. And uh, you know, uh, it, or to be a more careful hero. But I don't understand. Like, stop being a hero. Like, I, also, what's the point? I also applaud your train of thought here. That was impeccable. Because yeah, I'm not letting you do it to me. <laughs> Because <laughs> we get we get we get pulled around in nonsense, and then there's a commercial break, and it shows over. And you do it to, you do it every time. I'm not letting it happen. But this is what they this is what they come for. No, it's not all negative two people. No, <laughs> so it's great. That's why I can't get in trouble. I can say whatever I want. No, I can't really say. It. No, you can't. We've learned that the hard way. Chris that's, Hardwick. That's not the way it works. Oh, Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick. By the way, he's got a couple X's coming out for him now. Yeah, finally. I told yeah, you, I like, know. characters. Some you know, he had to, like, make, still got my, realized he had to make some cold calls. I still got like, my friend on, that I told you about. It wasn't that bad. My friend that I told you about who's, who got on my case about it, right? He's yeah. still sending me articles about Chris. I'm like, look, why do we even care about Chris Hardwick? <laughs> Like you know, what's the, I have no wah, dog wah. in his hunt. Yeah, I'm all I'm saying about Chris Hardwick is that if he used his influence to get his to, yeah. to black to blackball his girlfriend, right, and stop her from having the job, then turn about his fair play. All that other nonsense, I agree, is personal and it should not be. Yeah, it should not be a big case. That's just to you. That's just to your friend, so he'll stop sending you stuff, right? That's that's in general. That's in general. That's to any friend who <laughs> who sees this and decides that I am a fair target for the. <laughs> For the Save Chris uh, campaign, okay, that they're, they've got going on. Let's let's jump into because again, we we, we kind of is okay. Fr- I don't know. The first three episodes are okay. It's a little boggy though. Yeah. And I remember the first season, kind of in the middle of the season, they just kind of we switch bad guys. Yeah, and the yeah. momentum got kind of twisted. Yeah, and so this is happening like first three episodes. Yeah, we, we keep switching off bad yeah. guys. So yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I I felt like that too. I felt like uh, you know, especially watching like the first episode. Um, it's like, oh, I remember this guy. Is he gonna? Oh, Oh, no, I guess no, not. No, nope. and then oh, no, but I know this guy is going to be. Nope. Yeah, no. All right, <laughs> nope. all right. So no. we're not sure exactly what's going to happen here, and you know, it looks good. Production value is great. Um, Mike Coulter let me ask you is something fantastic. Too. Let me ask Luke you something. Oh, he is fantastic. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. But let me ask you a question about mm-hmm. about like the Marvel Netflix universe, and then it'll be a good segue into our top ten moments okay. in the Marvel Netflix. Yeah, awesome. At the end of the day, uh, I know comic book fans want. Like to see their their creations brought to to life. I do, right. I and mean, I'm one of them, sort of. But I kind of lean he's back. Want mainstream, bro. I, well, I just I, I want to get paid. But I lean back to the Alan Moore quote when he was talking about the Watchmen movie. He's like, "No, I made this as a comic book because there's just certain things you can do in a comic book that you just can't do in movies, and you can't do in literary prose. And I can do both in a comic book, and that's why it makes it so great." Um, True. On the one side of things, I have Daredevil season one, which I thought was was as good a bringing a serialized comic book to life in a TV series. And then you kind of have these other shows where I'm kind of like, I don't want Luke Cage necessarily to be a comic book show. Like I'm I'm engrossed in the Harlemness of it. I'm engrossed in the soundtrack of it. I'm engrossed in like a lot of these 
mundane plot lines. And I'm like, but by the way, the guy's bulletproof and can, and can you know, and we're going to go through a top 10 list. And a lot of those top 10 lists are these like big comic book fight scene moments. And I'm like, but I like all the, I like watching TV as a TV show, right? Am I crazy? Right. No. I mean, I, I think you can have both with Luke Cage because his power, his, his superpowers are so, are so kind of grounded in reality. You know, it's it's a it's a reality based. Yeah. Super, it's not like he's got lasers in his eyes or anything like that. He's just right. bulletproof and he's really strong. Right. So you can put that in in pretty much any urban setting and have you know and, and still have it work with regular drama. Right. You know, because he doesn't fly. Right. You know, that kind I of know. Thing. So you know, I mean, you can get that with Luke Cage. There's but, always an aspect. I was watching Jessica Jones, and mm-hmm. you know, the scene where she just she you know she pulls the car back. You know, and, and this is going back to like season two, episode one, where she's or season one, whatever it was, where yeah. she pulls the car back, and I'm like, oh, that's right, she's a superpower, superhero, and I'm like, I didn't need that. Like this whole time, I'm engrossed in like her character. Yeah, but I mean, so that's kind of a that's that's an added bonus. I guess so. You know, I guess so. All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna rally off. We're gonna rattle off. We're gonna start with our top ten moments, hmm. uh, and then we're gonna feed into the next segment. Uh, my top ten moments, starting with, uh, and we got this from Screen Crush as well too. The Punisher Rampage, season one, episode one, uh, where he goes and he's he's the Punisher. And I'm actually going to say at the end of the episode when he when he stands up for uh, the fallen, not the fallen, but the the, you know, in trouble co-worker. Mm-hmm. And he's the Punisher because it's the only time in the whole season he's the Punisher. Right. In the we first episode, kind of enjoy right? Yeah. 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 We get to enjoy it. That's going to kick off our top ten when we come back. Luke Cage, more Punisher, Daredevil, Defenders, Jessica Jones, top ten Best Marvel Netflix moments, plus we go spinning the racks. Contemplating how to do this, uh, you being on camera next week. I'm going to go get some sun then. (laughs) Don't read into it. Yeah. Just keep going. Glass. Very racially Have some glass. See, there it is. See, you ruined it. It was a subtle nod to it now, and you just kind (laughs) of hit it over the head (laughs) with a hammer. Secrets of the Sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, talkradio.nyc, 8 p.m. Eastern. We also stream live on facebook.com slash Secrets of the Sire. We're talking top 10 Netflix moments for Marvel shows. Uh, Chime in on the Facebook feed. We'd love to hear what you think. Is it some of your favorite moments? Um, I mean, we'll kind of do it that. We don't necessarily have to do a top 10. We're not going to necessarily have enough time to do a top 10, um, you know, because we only have really an hour long. So support us and we'll grow. We'll be two hours. See, so that's how it works, you know? Oh God. Give us your money. <laughs> Give us your hard-earned you money. for two hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to The work. feeling is not necessarily mutual. <laughs> yes, I love it you. is. I love it's you. Totally You're, mutual. Awesome. <laughs> You're awesome. You're awesome because, when you know, who else am I going to turn to when I have technical difficulties? <laughs> yeah, and I'll just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, it's incredible, actually. I know, I all right, we <laughs> we kicked it off. We were with the Punisher. I think yeah, to that me that's true. that's one of my favorites. That's scenes. the only good episode of the season, in my opinion. No, 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 no. It's it's one of the best Punisher. 
yes, episodes. In a, in, a, in, a, in a perfect aside to what you were saying before, it's a great Punisher was a great drama. But yeah. It was a terrible comic book. No, it was season. a terrible Punisher. Movie. Yeah, yes. it was because it was comic, like, book, comic book has guy, nothing to do with it. Right. Well, this guy's a superhero. <laughs> right. He doesn't do any superhero things. Right. So yeah, go ahead. No, pe- people were definitely. I think. I think the producers were also very afraid because of all because the gun of the violence. Because violence, yeah. yeah. Well, that's, what, that's what you get when you sign on to do The Punisher. You want to do a Punisher TV show, he's got to do a couple of shootings. The, prob- the problem with The Punisher is he's too real. He could be any of us. I mean, we were not ex-military, we're not trained, we're not special ops, but we literally could uh, yeah. be The Punisher. Yeah. Just like Charles Bronson, you know, you could be but Charles Bronson. The Punisher Bronson. has never worked in real life, you know? Isn't that's, it funny? That's, yeah, because he's, he's, there's yeah. no, he could just be Joe, he could be your next door neighbor. The guy who yeah. lives upstairs, who's always quiet, and you know, and only goes out at night. You know, that's that's that guy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. One of the best moments as well for me was uh, Jessica Jones season one, episode one, at the very end. I thought that was pretty amazing when he she discovers Kilgrave is still alive, and she was manipulating um, the. Uh, he was manipulating the. Oh, when she shoots her parents. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like, that's a that was one of those like. Okay, that this that is, sets the stakes pretty, pretty. This is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, another one in that season two is when he holds the precinct hostage. You know, that was pretty mm-hmm. good. This is again from uh, Screen Crush. Jessica Jones put Kilgrave's power on display multiple times, but never so terrifying as the moment Jessica's attempt to put herself away becomes a near silent flash mob of police officers and detectives training their guns on one another. Yeah, yeah. The original Bendis run. Um, of Alias, which mm-hmm. is what the, Jessica Jones is based on, is freaking amazing. Like, I don't know if you've read that at all. Yeah. You should. Oh, yeah, read, yeah, you have. I've okay, it's, it's absolutely, it, 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 it's amazing. And the show, it's funny, I love um, Kristen Ritter as Jessica Jones. I'm oh, sorry, I love Kristen Ritter as an actress. I don't love her as Jessica Jones, to be honest with you, because, no, I, because the because Alias character needs to be a little more hard-boiled. She's a little kind of like... Well, I, I, know what the I word always is. got the impression the Alias character was very internalized and very, you know, um, uh, kind of vulnerable mm-hmm. in, in in her toughness, you know. And Kristen Ritter is just too, it's a little too cynical, mm-hmm. you know, because the, the Alias character is kind of whimsical, you yeah. know, and 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 not sure of herself. She just, and she's she's got an uncanny ability to solve these problems. Sure. But it's not just because she she's, you know, she drinks all the time and hates, you know, humanity. Right. Necessarily. Right. I think it's a simplified way of looking at it. What's next? Uh what do you think? What I mean, name me name me is something I that will, you love and I'll give you I'll give you something else that I got. I will say that uh the scene in the defenders where um where Luke Cage and Iron Fist are together for the first time. Ah, uh, yes, the mean right hook. Yeah, that's a the, good one. Well, no, no, no. The scene where they're in the building and they're having that boardroom fight, oh, where they okay. actually yeah, fight, yeah, yeah, with, yeah, 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 side by side for the first time. Okay, okay. Um, the, the sad thing is that's the highlight of the whole series, and that's not really a uh, great scene. No, no. There was one other that was pretty good, which was uh, when they're actually all coming just, down the hallway. Well, that's the same scene. Oh, it's the same scene. The continuation. Yeah, it's all right, con- right, right, it's right, continuation right. of the same scene. Um. And that's the highlight yeah. of the series, and yeah. that's in episode, like, three yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, but it was really great to see, especially if you're, a, if, if you're a Power Man and Iron Fist fan. Sure. Just to see the two of them, like, kind of, you know, fighting side by side is, is right. pretty awesome. Which is why, you know, it's kind of sad that they're doing a Luke Cage season two, and then they're going to do a Power, uh, an Iron Fist, because 
Iron Fist should be in Luke Cage. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't need his own series. No, you, you know, know exactly. And it's, it he should, should be the two the, of them. Mm-hmm. They should get, especially if they're not doing a but, Defenders season two. You know, again, there's also that aspect too, where Luke Cage was such a great supporting character in Alias two, mm-hmm. and which and in Jessica Jones season I'm one. I'm saying they so. should. They, they, the, the show should be the Defenders. Yeah, every every year minus Daredevil. Huh? Minus Daredevil. No, 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 because Daredevil on his own. I'm just saying, Daredevil on his own is... Daredevil holds his own series, I think. I don't know. Season two of Daredevil kind of got bogged down after a while. I agree. And also, uh, technically, the season uh, 3.2.5, which is is, uh, Defenders, it, it started to get, you know, kind of... Mundane, you know, like there, monotonous. Like, enough, come on, dude. There's enough history to that character, though. That of course, not not to say that they will, but they can pull that back. But up it would be like Avengers, where where you're it, you can focus you can focus on Tony Stark, which mm-hmm. would be which would which would be Matt Murdock, yeah. And then you have all this other all these other satellite characters with their own yeah. dramas going on. It's never going to happen, but I would love it if they just had one Marvel show. To watch with these characters. That's what I'm saying. It no, no, I know. I agree. With, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Which is terrible for the show. Um, last, and I think this is. I think this is everybody's favorite scene: the Daredevil hallway fight in season one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that to me was not just not just. I, look, because to me, I just like that that guy's British. Is he really? Yeah. Charlie Cox? Yeah. He's totally oh, British. He's like Andrew Lincoln from yeah. Walking Dead. Then yeah. you're like you're like he's, he's ugly British. Really well. And not only that, he was on Boardwalk Empire playing an Irish guy. With a perfect, with a perfect Irish rogue, and then he's in Killers. the commentary doing English accents. Like, wow, that's wrong on so many levels. But yeah, anyway. So no, that, no, that's that's I mean, a great scene, and I'm happy for him. He's a he's a he's a fantastic actor. He makes perfect Matt Murdock. Yeah. He does yeah. it perfectly, uh, especially because we had I mean, uh, Ben maybe, Affleck. Before are we that, down on this? Was, are we down on this for the wrong reasons, though? I mean, are we down on this? Are we just I'm down not, in general today? I don't I'm, know. I'm not down. Are we just so saturated by content? There that, is a that, there's a lot of content. There is there is a lot of it, but we you know, make time for it. Okay. The thing right. about the thing the problem is that everybody forgets the same thing. I forget it all the time, very easily. Yeah. I forget that the cure for writing is writing. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always trying to figure out how to how to tell a story or do something. The cure for for figuring out how to do it is just to do it. Right. right? That's a simple through line. All these guys are trying to figure out how to top each other or how to attract attention. Right. Because there's an oversaturated market of content, right? And the, the thing that they're all forgetting is just tell a story and we'll watch it. Yeah. You know, and, they, and, and they're sacrificing story every time. It's tough, for, though. It's tough. Uh, absolutely, the competition's it's tough. Out That's there. why That's these the guys thing. get paid a, 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 a F ton of money. Yeah. Right? So, look, I don't care. Tell the story. All right. All right. We do this every week. We got time for one. We go spinning the rack. Spinning the rack. Stop it. Stop it. Bringing you the best <laughs> in uh, news around Stop the Stop setting it up. Just world. ask the question. <laughs> this is, comes from io9gizmodo.com. GameStop Whoa. explains how and why it's going to start selling comic books in their stores. GameStop, GameStop is getting... GameStop is going to be a comic book yeah, retailer. Okay. GameStop is going to be a comic book retailer. Okay, okay. But for them, if you read the article, it is essentially... An, it's not an article. It's an actual interview, which is amazing, uh, with Clint Walker, who's one of their uh, public relations folks. It's a natural extension for their brand. They already sell toys and collectibles. Video games are based off of that. One tidbit of information I thought was really... Well, a couple. One, they're going to have spinning racks, which I thought was awesome. <gasps> That's great. <laughs> but two, they're talking about how and why it's such a it's such an extension is the fact that Marvel 
is already such a force. He says in some stores, based on some of the stuff that they sell, Marvel outsells Star Wars at this point. And I thought that's actually, you know what? Well, <laughs> Marvel is one of our ruined. Marvel is one of our largest fandoms, but also one of the fastest growing fandoms. It's actually outperforming Star Wars currently with some of our mainstream products. Mainstream number three is in stores today. Go check <laughs> it out. It's about an interdimensional police force police's alternate realities. Speaking of mainstream, we are off next week, which is which is kind of cool. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. It's, you know, we get a little break. We get July fourth, uh, but in two weeks we're gonna be reviewing Ant Man and Wasp. Uh, we're going to have one of the Ant-Man and Wasp stunt women. Uh, she's going to be calling in. We're going to have Joseph Rybant, who graciously uh, could not make it tonight, but is going to be on in two weeks to give us a little bit of a San Diego Comic-Con preview of Dynamite Entertainment. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just, we're just jam-packed, and the week after will be our San Diego Comic-Con preview, our massive preview, everything you want to know. Um, so stay tuned. 